0: Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Control-Lot-Delete. This is episode 85. My guest today is Ortega, the author of The Little Black Book, which uh, we talk about a lot in this episode. She graduated from Oxford University and she's the founder of Women Who, which is a London-based platform that she created to support, inspire and educate creative working women. Ortega is someone that I've befriended really through that sort of online creative community And it's been really lovely. We've been supportive of each other and we kind of email each other about those questions. We're kind of too scared to ask anyone else. So, um, yeah, she's amazing and definitely follow her online. So as well as being an author, she's a freelance writer for places like Elle, an occasional brand consultant. And before that, she worked at places like Vice and huge creative agencies. So in this episode I really wanted to talk mainly about her book, her first book, The Little Black Book, a toolkit for working women. It's published by Fourth Estate and it's out now. She actually self-published this book last year on her own and I had a copy back then and I loved it then and I'm excited about this updated version that's getting published by Fourth Estate which is obviously a very huge publishing house yeah I love this episode we talk about design building your own brand how to set high standards but also how to not let being a perfectionist get in the way or hold you back so hope you enjoy this episode and check out Ortega's book on Amazon the little black book and all good bookshops I think it's an Amazon bestseller I saw on Amazon last night so congratulations Ortega and hope you enjoy here it is The Little Black Book is your debut book, which is coming out... When is it coming out? 15th of (gasps) June, which is very, very exciting. That's so exciting. Um, We first met uh, at the debrief. Yes. I was having a little reminiscence in my head earlier. Um, It was less than a year
1: ago. Was it? Yeah. That's crazy. I
0: remember. And it was a panel on how to kind of go freelance, wasn't it? Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, you're so badass. Like, you were really kind of not taking any shit? Because I think some of the questions were quite like, how do you do it? And you were just very direct. And I really like that about you.
1: Oh, thank you. I think that is my attitude generally to freelancing and to, well, it is now to freelancing and to working for other people. I think I, I'm i not afraid to say no, which I think is something that's incredibly difficult to do or to get to that point, especially when you're freelancing um, and, you know, you need money or, you know, you feel like this client they might never get in touch with me again but I think if something is making me feel uncomfortable or I don't feel like someone's offering enough money I'm just a bit like yeah this doesn't work for me and I have faith enough in my abilities and my skills that something else will Mm -hmm. come along so I and I think that kind of tends to filter into everything that I do and how I work and like the advice that I put in the book I think not being afraid to say no is kind of one of my like Key bits of advice, which I haven't actually realised till we just talked about it just now. Um, yeah,
0: no, I think that's amazing because actually, before recording, um, when you were saying that it's hard to impress you, I feel the same. But you can you can almost feel bad about having that quality to your personality, but it's actually a really good thing for building a success up isn't it? Yeah I
1: think you know when people talk about job interviews and you're supposed to talk about your one weakness and then this sort of the cheesy answer is to say that you're a perfectionist and everyone's like that's not a real answer and it is a real answer it's a real genuine flaw like I, I, I would be Wary about that in someone because I know I am a perfectionist, and it's something that in some ways it served me really well. I have really, really high standards for what I do and what I expect of others, but in other ways, it causes probably unnecessary stress. And it means that you know I can't just kind of let things go. Like I'm trying to be a little bit more like 80% is you know that's the important bit, and the other 20% you can kind of let go. Um, and obviously, it depends on the circumstance, but you know when writing a book, you want it to be 100% great, but there are so many other sort of areas in life and in work where it's like, just get things done. Don't worry about like tweaking them until they're perfect because that will probably never happen, so.
0: And with your, I guess your your brand of Women Who, which Mm. is, how do you describe that? Because I guess it's like an event's, it's uh, like a community. Yeah,
1: for, I, I describe it as yeah. a community for creative working women. Um, so, that is, I'll just kind of explain that a little bit because it's one of those things I've found it hard to figure out which word to use, and I've settled on community because that feels most accurate. But it's essentially a sort of an online and offline platform that connects and supports and educates, I guess, um, women, working women, and particular ones, particularly ones who work in creative industries. Um, and I set it up. So, the day, you know, the day we met about a year ago, I remember this, is because I, like, dashed into the debrief and then was off to my launch straight afterwards. Oh, my God, no Yeah, way. yeah, so I was, like, running around. Because I don't thing. know why,
0: but in the back of my head, I feel like that's it's been going for so long. No, it has been it's, was last July that it launched. But I think that's kind of a testament to the, the positive side of having high standards, because yeah, it's very yeah. sleek, like, the brand is very strong. I know you talk about it in the book, and we get on to, like, the self-branding and stuff, but like it's very professional looking and you've got you've got but it's like an an aesthetic that because I think
1: it's great like words are important but visuals are so important totally and setting that up actually taught me so much about design and Um, the importance of good design and aesthetic and you know my actual technical skills aren't great so I often have to kind of hire people to do stuff for me although I'm trying to get better at that but I have such an I can appreciate good design I can tell what is good design and not doesn't mean I can execute it so I have to get someone else to do it for me a lot of the time but it's so important like it's people's first impressions are based off things like what your website looks like and what your Mm. Instagram looks like so I do put a lot of thought into how it looks visually as well as the actual content of it which obviously goes without saying that has to be amazing as well but I think you can you don't want to like hide your light under a bushel so if you're creating something that's really great don't like put it in like a fusty old looking website Mm -hmm. that will just kind of turn people off. Um, I feel like the kind of across the board now people's
0: tolerance to what they're seeing is
1: the standards are really high. Yeah you can't have a crap blog now. No you can't at all it looks so amateurish and I think it's also, there are actually, I don't think there are many excuses these days, like, I use a Squarespace for my website, and I love it, like it's so, I was talking about this on the other day, like, I think it's so democratic and empowering how anyone can just go out there and create a, a website, mm-hmm. and it can look great, you know, if you want to sell something, you can sell your t-shirts, you can create a brand, a business, and all for like, I think i pay maybe like, I'm not even sure, like 15 Pounds a month or something for my website. So it's so cheap to do that. And so there aren't really excuses to not have things looking good. So when the kind of base level is already quite high, you kind of have to think about how you stand out, um, yeah. sort of, not even from the competition, but just, you know, there are probably, like, a billion websites out there. So how are you going to make yours one that people want to spend time on and, like, thinking about the user experience? Is it glitchy? Are there pop-ups? All that sort of thing. Um, I, I mean, I come from an ad back, advertising background, yeah. so I'm very, very conscious of oh, how, yeah. like, you package things up as well as what the actual, you know, the product has to be good, but I'm also conscious about how you sell things and how you market things mm. and how you brand things and that i think just um is very sort of intuitive to me now because i've done that
0: yeah i was going to say actually because i think we're we're quite similar in a way because a lot of my past experiences at agencies and working for brands and being in like quite a corporate environment like i would say has made a massive impact on what i do now like i always i always talk about how i love working for myself but actually all of that stuff I did beforehand has kind of led me to where I am now absolutely do you feel like that sort of you know maybe to like younger people now who are like I just want to work for myself from day one like would you do you have any sort of advice around that or I know you can only speak from personal experience No, no
1: no no but I see I see where you're going with that and I I don't think I appreciated how good my cutting my teeth at like some of London's, if not the world's, like, top ad agencies when I started out. It started out at AMV, which is a really great agency, and then I moved to Vice. And I don't think I appreciated at the time how much I was learning and in a really Mm -hmm. short period of time. And not just about how the business works and brands and all of that, but, like, how to get on with other people, how to work in an office, how to deal with clients, all of that sort of thing. I think there is a real... um, I was talking about this, but there's a tendency to glamorise the kind of, like hashtag hustle of the self-employed entrepreneur yeah. freelancer first of all there's a lot of like just boring invoice chasing and second of all you can't actually I don't think you can really get to that stage without having well you can but I think it's always smart to have the experience of working for someone else and having to dance to the beat of somebody else's drum mm. and then you're like okay I've taken all that I can from this experience and now I'm going to employ it and do my own thing. And I think that's worked really well for me. It's worked really well for you. A lot of people, I think, who I started out with have now kind of left their traditional agency jobs and are now kind of striking out and doing their own things. Mm-hmm. Um you yeah, have that experience.
0: It's a really good way of meeting people like, in, one, in one burst yeah, as well, exactly. which I didn't like realise connect- at the time.
1: Exactly. Exa- exa- the connections that I have made and I'm still in touch with so many people that I've worked with and they're always so supportive of what I'm doing now um because yeah if you're sort of a lone ranger from the get-go I think it must be quite hard to form networks um which is you know in part why I've set up things like Women Who but I think more generally I think there's a tendency to kind of rush into the sort of self-employed life but it's like doing an office job is great you pick up loads from that so just like do that for the first couple of years and then you kind of have a frame of reference to what you want to do. That's
0: so true. Like the frame of reference as well of like what a day looks like, like yeah. what you can get done in a day, how many people you could like answer to and meet up with and like yeah. deliver presentations and stuff. Yeah. But um, that's another thing I really admire about you is like how much you do like hustle hard as well. Because <laughs> what I love is the kind of the backstory to your book as well, like how you published it yeah. yourself, self-published yeah. um, the little black book and then it obviously got picked up by like one of the biggest publishing houses in the world yeah, but like that's um lucky. that's cool that you put it out there yourself and then this has happened
1: yeah i mean to be honest it's funny now because now that i sort of am kind of working within the publishing world and i now refer to it as self-published but i think at the time because i was so surrounded by like zine culture and like especially in the creative industries everyone is kind of putting their own work and their own content mm. out into the world independently, especially with printed matter um, so it didn't seem that unusual to me to be honest at the time I think now I can kind of appreciate it for what it was and did it not feel too like overwhelmingly um, big a project it did you know it didn't until it's so funny I sort of wrote it and then you know, and I really loved the whole like print production process. Like I was going off to the printers and like rifling through samples of paper. Like, I loved it. But then the day I remember, I was freelancing somewhere at the time, and it arrived. This box of books arrived into the office, and I burst into tears. Like so oh. bizarre. And it was about a week before I was supposed to sort of like release it, and I was like, oh, I don't want to I do love it. That. it was, I still don't quite understand that reaction. Or, well, because like you, like, yeah, you made it. Like you made it yourself. Yeah, I think I was just really shocked to see it, and I was like, what if people don't like it? Um, So I think I didn't really think too much about what I was getting myself into when I decided to do it Um, because I, you know, I knew I wanted to make some sort of like physical item to launch Women Who to kind of make it stand out a bit. And then I was like, oh, what can it be? And I was like, "Okay, let's showcase the kind of content that will be on the website because I kind of write articles and blog posts that are for creative women. And then I literally sketched out a chapter list and sent it to like my friends and was like, if I wrote this, would you read it? And they were like, yeah, it sounds great. It's really, really great. Um, so I just went off and did it. And it was just kind of, I was doing quite a long freelance contract at the time. It was about three months. So it was a lot of like early mornings and late nights. I just kind of bashed it out and then sent it to a printer. Oh so God. it was amazing. Yeah, but then they were like, I did a print run of 200. I think I knew I was on something. I did a print run of 250 copies. And it sold out in two days. And half of them were to the US. And I was like, oh, I had a holiday book. And I, like, because I thought I'd come back and, like, post, like, a handful of them. And then it was like, no, the night before my holiday, I was, like, stuffing envelopes. And, like, it was amazing. It was incredible. Um, Do you think there's something in that? Like, not
0: overthinking something? Yeah, just doing it for
1: sure. I'm so guilty of overthinking. So I don't know quite what it was that got into me when it came to that. I think it's because I did really enjoy writing the book. And it was, like, it felt really great to kind of like have this kind of brain dump of advice and tips I'd picked up along the way um, but That's I do absolutely yeah. crazy to sell that amount it was yeah it was really nice I was I guess quite lucky in that like it's nice that I picked it up and Fast company in the U.S., which I love. Like I'm such a nerd, and I I love fast company. I I love American magazines. Yeah, and like it's it's like business, but it makes it really digestible, and it's so accessible. And I know it's like Courier paper here, which I really like as well. I think they're really great. But so they picked up in the U.S., so that was really great. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't think about it too much, and then it ended up one of the copies for someone who I didn't know at the time, but is now a good friend of mine who bought one of the copies, gave it to the person who is now my editor at wow. Fourth Estate, and that kind of set, set the ball rolling, so.
0: What was like, cause I, I, you remember when I got my copy and was like, oh my God, I love it. And yeah. I put it on Instagram, I was like, this is amazing. And I think like, I'm someone that reads career books like every day. Yeah. And so f- for something to stand out in that way to me and be so relevant and so on point, mm. and also have other voices in, which is really interesting and have it all combined into one book, was incredible but what do you think make like i know it stands out but what made you
1: kind of think like there's a gap i do not i think because i a lot of the advice and this was something that i kind of had doubts about when i was writing the first time around it felt very simple so there are things that i will you know i talk people through how to write an effective cold email because especially if you're a freelancer cold pitching and getting in touch with people you don't know is something i I do that every day still you know um so it's very simple advice but i think a lot of people don't find out how to do it well or it's kind of assumed that you already know how to do it but as you probably know you know we all get those awfully lengthy essay long emails every day and people don't know how to do it and so i kind of felt like just the really practical no nonsense no bullshit no filler advice like when i first wrote the first draft um It was kind of... It was in the first person. It was kind of full of, you know, little bits anecdotes and that kind of thing. And then I stripped all of that out um, just because I was like, you know, I'm just going to make this as neutral as possible. And you can kind of... My experiences are still definitely in there. Like, there is so much in there that's influenced by good things that have have happened to me or bad things that have happened to me when it comes to work. Um, But I kind of felt like there wasn't really... I think with a lot of career guys, there's all this commentary that's really only relevant to the person who wrote it, Life, Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like you're kind of, like, sifting through, kind of looking for, like, the pearls of wisdom, and I was like, why don't I just make it all, like, pearls of wisdom, and just make it all super practical, and that's what you need, like, you, it's, people have the ideas, they just need to know how to make them happen, Mm -hmm. and that is what the book is for. That is so true, because I think,
0: all, all like, the content is amazing, but it's the format, because, it's like boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. every page is like a real takeaway of yeah. like, oh, right, that's practical advice. And um, I guess it's like handbag size. Yeah, well. that
1: as well. The size was just, I, do you know, I, I was I so, it with there you was so much time. of it that was influenced by print costs. <laughs> like when I was kind of looking for like the original <laughs> colour, like it was just, I was kind of trying to get it out for like, because I put my own money into it. And I was like, I, I also wasn't sure whether it was going to sell. And I was like, I don't want to end up with an, like an attic full of, Books that like are, you know boxes full of books, um, but then the size. Well, actually the size. So you know Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Oh yeah, I was gonna. We,
0: I mean I was gonna ask you about yeah, well, all of these amazing um, voices in the no, book I as know, well. No, I know.
1: Incredible. But when I went to the printers, because we should all be feminists, is like you know, oh, one yeah. of my favourite. And so I just took that as a sample to the printers, being like, oh I want it to be this about this size, you know. And that was something that when I suggested to my friends, they would referenced and they were like, oh you know I love that book. It was a great stocking filler. You know, do something like that. So Mm -hmm. that I think influenced it in terms of the size, and then the color was just like a print, like cost thing. Yeah. Also, I
0: kind of feel like maybe our attention spans are less now. Like, it's like like, it's something I don't want to admit, but no, it's true. I really that's I think I just really enjoyed. I like I read the book in in a day. Yeah, it's um, so. and, And and but and it was so enjoyable to kind of read something that was really going into my brain without trying to like sift through loads and loads of pages yeah i
1: think that's really true as well i think my attention span i'm sort of trying i'm trying harder at that and i think i'm trying to read a lot more than i did maybe like a year or two ago but yeah people don't have all the time in the world you want things to be bite-sized and i think that but each of the chapters you can kind of read you know maybe two chapters in a commute and just kind of scan through it and you'll have left with really practical things that hopefully when you find yourself in that situation next you're like oh I've got a negotiation coming yes. up like let me just refer back to that or I remember what you said about you know not making my emails too lengthy and essay like oh let me just, you know I feel yeah. like the fact you can refer that, back to it yeah the fact that we are you know this generation who I think perhaps our attention spans aren't what they used to be because of the internet I think I kind of tailored it to that so it's super super short yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and so the woman that you reference in the book because Chimamanda yeah she amazing is, she was in the first she what, was so no, she's like a new edition yeah she's so a new edition so what was yeah like talk me through like the things that were included
1: including yeah so I um her of our lives <laughs> I know she's literally my icon <laughs> Um, she so generally with the first book and again with the second book um, I included a sort of a words of wisdom q a chapter where i essentially especially with the first book it was just kind of women that i knew um can i just say i love that bit that was one of my favorite bits really because
0: then i got to go and google some of the people did you oh that's i really, really it's such a good feeling to discover other like-minded interesting women yeah
1: i'm really really glad because i definitely try to make it you know women that i don't know have been in my kind of mind or like that i've been aware of for like years and years and years um and whose careers i followed and so you know some of them are super well known like Amanda, others maybe not so much a lot of them are just my friends who i know are really really smart and really wise and it's like what do you have to say but yes yeah, so i included this chapter where i asked them questions like what's your advice for other working women how do you maintain a healthy life balance what kind of you know tools or essentials can't you work without and th- those sorts of questions and just essentially you know emailed out a bunch of women i knew and asked for their response um... So that was for the first book, but then for the second book, obviously, it was like, okay, this is going to be a much bigger thing. And I, I was really, really lucky in that I essentially sat down with my editor um michelle and just kind of made a bit of a wish list of women who i'd whose brains i wanted to pick obviously chimanda was right at the top of that and because yeah. fourth estate obviously um published published her for years um so that was sort of quite yeah. easy to make happen i guess or not easy but they made it happen um do you
0: find that in general that you know you in general people are supportive
1: yes absolutely i've been blown away by how supportive people have been um obviously my fr- and I think you kind of expect it from your friends but I have still been very touched by how invested they are in it and how people you know will message or email me little things that they think that I might find helpful like links or I don't know like I do like a weekly um mailing list called the roundup and the other day a friend of mine just replied back being like how can I help with this and I was like this is the best message it really made my day um so yeah people have gotten in touch and then people who I don't know as well have gotten in touch so I think I think people can see that it comes from a very genuine place what I'm trying to do I've been a feminist all my life I'm the youngest of three girls and I went to a very right on girls school um and kind of trying to improve the lives of women especially when it comes to work is what I live for so I think Especially to my friends, it wasn't really much of a departure from what I was kind of doing mm-hmm. anyway. Um,
0: yeah, because I've had to kind of as well. Like, um, like if it, I feel like if I get any sort of whiff of like competitiveness or like anything like that, I sort of have to just ignore c- it. G- ignore it, but also kind of you know give it a bit of a wide berth. Yeah. Because I just I just don't I don't like I don't mm. like that atmosphere. No, and I, I
1: feel like I just want to like not be near it. No, I definitely agree, and I think something
0: that. I think you it's hard though because everyone's online looking at what everyone else is doing yeah
1: exactly but I think when you kind of I think with anything you do when you kind of stick your head above the parapet there are people who whether they're friends or people who don't know you who have an opinion and it's not necessarily good and of course you know you kind of I guess catch wind of that sort of thing but I'm quite as long as the people that I care about like what I'm doing Mm -hmm. then that's all that matters to me so like so and so you know on Instagram I just don't care and I, yeah. I think that is kind of my personality as well and that's really good like, advice in general though yeah. to not get too hung up on kind of strangers yeah it's like about see, strangers it'd be yeah. one thing if it's like you know one of my best friends being like oh I'm not so sure about this and actually I think my all of my best friends were very much and still are poor things um my, my like advisory board for what i do so i will ask them whether they think this is okay whether this is cheesy or was like is this you know authentic is this you know like really trying to get that their point of view but i don't you know ask random people because also another thing that i found very early on when i was setting up women who before i launched it Is that talking to people about it they people have a lot of opinions about what they think it is or what they think it should be or how you should do it and actually I ended up with a lot of noise in my head and a lot of competing opinions and there was a period of time maybe about a month or two before it launched where I felt very lost and it felt like it didn't have any value and I was like why am I doing this it's pointless like this isn't actually adding anything to the conversation so I think something that I've since learned and advice that I would give to people who are kind of setting up their own things. It's like yes do get other opinions but don't go crazy with that because people are always going to disagree or have another point of view Mm, it's almost
0: like gather the opinions and then you can sit with them yourself exactly
1: don't get too hung up on it because it'll drive you crazy
0: and there's a really cool section um where you recommend kind of workplaces or people to go and kind of have a day where you're feeling motivated yeah is that how you kind of do you change up your days quite a bit
1: yeah i do definitely i mean like after this i'm gonna go work and sort of probably at the ace or something for a couple of hours um because i find that i have meetings kind of all over London a lot, although I'm trying to be a bit more structured we always talked about this before, trying to be yeah. a bit more structured about my time and having certain like meeting days where mm. I'm out, because um, I usually work from home, because mm. I remember especially when I went freelance, if somebody wanted a meeting, I would do it on whatever day and then the next thing you know, you haven't really done much work mm. all week, I And mean, it's not just the meeting it's like getting to the meeting, leaving the meeting winding up, winding yeah. down, all of that and I'm trying to be even more And obviously you can't kind of plan for everything, but I'm trying to be quite stretched about that. Um, I usually work from home or I work in like, especially if I've got, if I'm in between meetings, I'll find, I've got like my spots in all the parts of London that I'll just go to and like settle down my laptop. Or And I've bought an iPad recently because it's lighter. And so it's like, because sometimes I don't want to take my laptop out and about with me. So I'll just take an iPad. Um, And then I'm sort of on the hunt for like a sort of like studio space because I do feel like I've maxed out on my productivity working from home now mm-hmm. for whatever reason I just feel like I need a change of scene yeah. um, so I'm just I think I'm going to move in somewhere soon just to kind of have a bit more of a like 9 till 5 slash 9 till 7 kind of routine yeah. um, that isn't home and then not take my laptop home this is the plan anyway yeah 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 so sounds great come back in a few, in a few weeks and see how yeah. I'm doing
0: but this is the really exciting thing about the book is if you're listening now and you have wanted to take the plunge into self-employment or you have been doing it for a few years like me. I found the book equally as helpful. It's a good starting point, but it's also way more than just a starting point. Yeah. But I would want to read this if I wanted like a bit of a kick, like a bit of a sort of um, kick start with like, here's what to read. Here's where to go.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think what the kind of feedback that I've had definitely is that it's, because I've I read it with quite a sort of a broad um kind of scope of women in mind so i think even you know a lot of women who i think just starting out will find it really useful but i've also had people who are in their 30s and 40s say this is really great it's been a really great refresher for me so i think even though it's simple stuff i think it's stuff that you can kind of forget along the way or get into bad habits about and so this is good for that and then you know it's great for there's a lot of sort of information about how to make the whole self-employment thing work because i don't think they're is that much information mm-hmm. out there especially in the form of career books but then I think with the second iteration of the book I've tried to make it a bit more balanced so there's a lot of kind of like nine to five advice because also yeah. people kind of blur the boundaries and like half of my friends who work full-time kind of do a bit freelance on the side or people kind of go back and forth across the board especially in creative industries so that I think those two kind of arenas are kind of merging more and more I know That's that so probably true. sounds weird yeah. um so I kind of try to keep it Quite balanced between the two, but yeah, I think I think it's got a broader appeal. <laughs> yes, for everyone. So
0: this is so this podcast episode is coming out on the day of your publication. Oh, so amazing. what have
1: you got kind of coming up? How can people follow you and find yeah, out no, of course. what you're doing? Um, Well, I'm doing sort of a couple of events. Um, I'm doing a launch at um, a book launch at Libraria, which is that cute little bookshop. Oh my god, that's amazing! It's quite new, yeah. It's quite London. It's yeah. It's owned yeah. by like the Second Home Crew. So I'm doing that. I'm also in conversation with um, my friend Vicky, who, who is Vicky Spratt, deputy editor of The Debrief, um, who I'm, I'm sure you oh know. Oh, my God. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Vicky Spratt, who is literally killing changing the world. She, I know.
0: Campaigning <laughs> for, like, everything that millennials need. I am
1: so in awe of her constantly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, oh, that, that could be, be a whole other episode. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to be doing that with her at Waterstones on June 28th. Um, and I'm doing a couple of other kind of speaking... Bits here and there, um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um and that yeah, there'll be just kind of events over the summer and obviously there'll be kind of more Women Who events. Um and yeah, I mean I think if anyone wants to kind of keep up to date, they should just follow the Women Who Twitter, which is just at Women Who or the And Instagram. follow up
0: and sign up to the newsletter, which yes. is every week, like condensed, amazing. Yeah, interesting I'm glad you articles that. it's really, really good. Oh I'm
1: glad. Yeah, so I do this newsletter, the Roundup, which is just my like ethos for it is just like inspiration for your work and life it's just articles that i think it's basically because i'm sure you probably find the same but i do a lot of reading on the internet and i was just like i'm just like consuming all of this stuff but not sharing it with anyone at least now i know like people will reply and be like oh i really like this like well, my friend will message me being like oh great roundup i really like that article and then it's like okay so like it's just having more of a conversation, not reading in isolation. Yeah. Um, it's more of an intimate way of sharing. But yeah, also, I, really like I feel it.
0: like I do it sometimes really selfishly because I'm curating something that I might want to read later on as yeah, well. Yeah, no, it's, so it's almost a way I of like having it keeping there, track of it. and of the best things. In a way that's not just like tweeting it out. Yeah, because
1: yeah. you do lose track of that. No, I, I really, really like that. And I think also because I put a lot of thought into what kind of makes that cut is like is this going to be genuinely helpful interesting um i don't know, it's, it, it's very much a kind of microcosm of what mm. I'm trying to do. Well, it's do kind of generally. like an extension on the side of the book. Yeah, know, I it? I really enjoy putting it together. Yeah, and it feels so much more immediate as well. Just like being able to send something out every week, um, I really really enjoy doing it because also I'm just like it gives me an excuse to kind of potter through all my like faved tweets and be like, oh, I'll just like read, yeah. read that article properly. You know, this is like technically work and all of that. So I spend like, a good couple of hours on it. Um,
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for Um, having me. It's been a pleasure. Yay.